Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, Pete. So we are back with another episode. There's so much, there's so much stuff I want to talk about, but today I just wanted to talk about something I saw on TV that just really struck me as such a family problem, but also, which I'm sure you guys have all seen too, is the Michael Orr story and the two E's, which was based on the movie The Blind Side. He is suing the family. He's unhappy about how he's, he was portrayed. He's saying that they took money from him and he didn't get any of it from the movie. Yada, yada, yada. Okay, just going to do a disclaimer here really quick. Um, These are only my opinions and I'm not going to talk about that story in particular. I'm going to touch upon it right now in the beginning and then I'm going to talk in generalizations because I think this is a problem uh, just bigger than just this story. So just want to throw that out there. These are just my personal opinions. I have no skin in the game. I'm not making assumptions. I don't know uh, the, the, all the facts of this story. It was just that that tugged at my, my heart. And I'm going to tell you why. The premise of this whole thing is when the root of the problem is still with you. And I feel like this story was such a um, it, it's such a good premise to look at dysfunction and how people try to help and we we want to do the right things when we see hurting people. But I think that the people themselves that are going through the dysfunction really need to work on certain situations. So I'm also going to use, if you guys don't know about the emotion wheel... Um, I got this off of Amazon. It's part of my coaching thing. And I love this wheel because it explains emotions in a bigger way than just saying, I'm happy, I'm angry, I'm fearful, I'm sad, I'm disgusted, I'm surprised. As you go out towards these different things, you'll see that there are different emotions and words to put to just those oh I'm happy so I'm gonna I'm gonna use this wheel to just explain I think that Michael Orr was angry but I think more it was like he was suspicious he was frustrated I think he felt threatened he was hurt and also I can use those words on when the Tui's found out about like what he was doing. I think there was some anger there too and also sadness. So the, I would say initially for them, the sadness would be like they felt victimized. They maybe even Michael felt victimized, right? They were ashamed. They were, they felt, he felt abandoned. They felt abandoned by him, isolated. Like there's all these beautiful words of emotions that people don't use. They just go, I was really angry. I'm real. I'm disgusted by you or I'm happy. Everything's fine. But there's more to those emotions. And I love this emotion wheel because as I was looking through these, it was like, yeah, there was surprise when the Tui's got this news, right? And so I feel like they were shocked. They were startled. All of these kind of things. So 
I think what happens is, so here's what I, I just want to talk about, like in general, what I think like people do when they see someone struggling. And I have a story on this because we did the same thing. So I think what happens is you see this child that you know something is going on, you know something's not right in the family, you want to help, your heart is in the right place, but do we have the tools to really take on the responsibility of someone else's issues? And so what I feel like is that initially, you know, when they took him on at 16, it's like they were trying to help him. I don't think they knew there was going to be a movie in the works. They weren't like prepping him to go to Ole Miss so that they can make a lot of money. I don't think any of that. That's just my opinion. I don't think they were thinking any of that. I think they saw a boy in need and they tried to help him. Now on Michael's side, I feel like, yes, he needed that help, but also um, did, did he get other, did he get therapy? Did he get help for where he was coming from? Because actually, like if you look at this wheel, he was abandoned. He was not loved in the way he should be loved by his parents. His parents, for whatever reason, like they, they had a hard life. They couldn't take care of him. And so he was left to fend for himself. And in those things, those are deep hurts that somebody, people think when they have money or, you know, the comforts of home that you can pull other people in that don't have that and that love and faith and, you know, showing them beauty and comfort and all of those things are going to take away all their problems. Now, listen, all of those are good things. And God blesses you when, you know, he's like, good job, well and faithful servant. Like, so good that we are reaching out to our fellow man and helping. So I always want you to have open arms and do that. But here's the problem. When you take somebody in as your own and you don't get to the root of where their story is from and the things that they are feeling, he's still feeling abandoned even if you take him in as your own. And so I want to tell you a story about how this happened to us when we saw a girl in need, kind of knew her family a little bit, not really well. One of my daughters was really good friends with her. And she came home one day and said, Mom, you know, this person, I'm not going to mention names, this person really needs our help. Like she, her, her mom is moving out of state and she's not taking her with her and she wants her to stay with her dad, but her dad doesn't really know how to take care of her. He was a very intelligent man, but he was not very emotional. I'll just say that. And so, you know, me being the, the soft heart because I came from a broken place, of course, I see this brokenness and I'm like, Let's swoop her in. Let's take care of her. Now, it was not just me. There was another family, too, that was like, yeah, we're, we're picking her up. We're taking care of her, too, when, when we see the need. There was one time where she called us hysterically crying because she didn't do something that her dad wanted her to do. or, or so, I, I don't even know what the story is now. I forgot it so long ago. But she called us hysterically crying because she went to swim practice, and he told her, I'm not picking you up, walk home. This isn't walk home down the street. She lived in the mountain, like in the country. It was pretty far, like miles and miles and miles away. And it's 90 degrees outside. And so she called us crying. It's like 5.30 at night. She's hungry. She hadn't eaten all day. There was something with food. Like there were times when she didn't eat at all because he just didn't have food in the house or he would tell her she couldn't eat and 
there was just a lot of weird stuff going on. And so we took her in. We took her home that day. We saw her dad. He acted like nothing was wrong. I'm like, I don't understand. That's not love in my language. So we told her, listen, I actually called her mother and I said, "I, I can help if you want me to like take care of her for a while. I know this is stressful. Maybe for the father, he doesn't really know how to take care of her daughter. Her her brother had moved to call it. It was just her and her dad. And she said, oh my gosh, thank you so much for taking care of her. Like, yes, that would be very helpful. And also this other family is kind of picking up the pieces too when we couldn't. And so there was two families of us just really helping this girl and thinking that if we surround her with faith and love and all of the things now, I think we made a difference. I, I'm not saying that it didn't make a difference. There were times when she would tell me hard stories. Now, I always say I wished I knew the tools that I have now with um, story work and, and trauma-filled uh, people because I was just wanting to jump in and fix it. I just wanted to like wrap my arms around her. I was giving her advice. I was telling her what she should be doing. I was full of advice. I was full of suggestions and and big love, like giving out hugs like no other, feeding her, taking her to her classes. Like her and my daughter were just like good friends. They would giggle. It was like having a third daughter in the house. It was so beautiful. But here's where it started going sideways is that as she got closer to graduation time, she started acting out a little bit. And and I started kind of putting some house rules in when she was here. I was like, listen, you need to you know, you can't just do whatever you want. Like you kind of have to follow the rules and she didn't like that. And then she would go visit her brother in college and she was hanging out with college boys. And I was telling her like, that's not good. Like you're still 17. Like you're not, I think actually she was 16 at the time. I said, that's not something you really don't want to get involved in. Then she was saying she thought she was in love with this person. And I'm like, you're not, (laughs) it's not, You know, but it's all teenage stuff, right? And so I'm like panicking, trying to show her the way, like, don't be like Phyllis, like go a different way. But what ended up happening is she got mad because we were setting guidelines in place and boundaries and she didn't like that. And so she left and then I talked to the other parent that was helping out and uh, they said, yeah, she kind of did that to us too. And so Looking back now and hearing this story with Michael Orr, I was like, of course she's going to do that because we didn't get to the root of her problem. We didn't get to the root of like how we could walk her through why these things were happening and and where the hurt was and where the harm had been done to her and how can we walk through that with love and still love your parents but, you know, separate and i think it's hard when you're 16 anyway and so i don't know that she would even have heard those words but i think she needed definitely professional help and so i know what happened to her i know she went away to another state i know that she became a young mom at 18 which i told my daughter that's probably going to happen because we look for love in those ways i know that she had an excellent career ahead of her and was actually promised a practice when she graduated from college and that didn't happen because she became a mom. So nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, sometimes our life takes sideways turns and still works out great. But I, I kind of mourn that for her. I'm like, wow, she, she did have this plan and then it kind of all went awry because 
you haven't gone through the work to really look at the damage that has been done to you as a child. And so when I think of this story with this family, I think of, um, you know, with, with Michael Orr, like, again, just my opinion, I think of like this family gave him a lot of love, a lot of support also got him into college, like help. Of course he did it himself. He had to do the work. I'm not, not saying he didn't do it. I'm saying he had a leg up because people supported him, but he did, he still felt abandoned. I'm sure wondering like, why couldn't my parents have done that? I know I think about that all the time. Like, why couldn't my parents have like really supported me in that way? I know now why they can't because I've done the work, but you know, it doesn't take away the pain from that, but it helps you understand. And so my thing is, is if you still have the bitter root of like, you're still struggling to understand why those things didn't happen with the family that you were given, then the bitter root stays in you. And then there's revenge, there's pain, there's just this bitterness of like, I'm going to strike out at other people because really I'm just in pain. And so I think about how if you don't pull the root out, it's going to come back and just grow bigger and bigger. So you have to be able to pull the root out, expose it, and let the new growth come. And the only way you can do that is go back into your story deeper and deeper and figure out, like, he needed to see where... Where did his mom come from? Where did his dad, what was their story? Can I have empathy for that? Can I understand? Not that I agree with how they raised me or didn't raise me, really, but that there were deeper issues just beyond me being born. This happened generationally back through time. And when we can understand that and look at it through a different light, then we can allow that root to be plucked out, the bitter root, And we can allow new growth to come so that then we can be freer in who we are. And then I would suspect there wouldn't be this anger and this bitterness of like, you used me and you're not for me because they were for, and also he could have brought this up way long ago. This stuff, like that movie came out, what, 10 plus years ago. Why didn't you say something to them then? Now, it said that because they couldn't adopt him because he was 18, they had to do a conservatorship. It makes sense. But why didn't he ask for that conservatorship to end after he got out of college? When he was playing pro football, he didn't need that conservatorship. So on the one hand, he's saying the movie portrayed him as not being very smart, and he's smarter than that. And then on the other hand, he's saying... Like, kind of, he didn't know that this was a conservatorship. And I'm like, well, you sign the papers. And if you're saying that you are smarter than you appear, like how it was shown in the movie, you should have known what you were signing. Now, hindsight's 2020. Maybe he just trusted. I get that. Like, I'm not placing blame anywhere. It's just questions. Like, these are the things that we need to sit and really ponder a little bit before you sign a contract, before you try to go in and change someone else's life. Like all parties need to sit down and really discuss like what the origin of this family is and and where he has come from and where those hurts are instead of just like giving him a hug and being like, we're here, we're going to protect you. He's still feeling like he's back in this other place. And so 
I would suspect, I'm not, this is just my opinion, but I just feel like when I look at the times when I tried to help other kids because I wish that I had had someone to help me then, if I'm really being honest, I don't think I would have accepted the help that way either because there was this um, rebellion in me. There was a bitter root in me. I was so angry that I had to have a mom and dad that didn't really care about me. I had a mom that was not gentle and not kind and not as loving as I would have, as I saw in other families and as I would have liked. And so even when some other mom was nice to me, there was a bitter root in me saying, I'm so angry that I didn't get that. Why didn't I get this mom? Does God hate me this much that I didn't get this mom? That is where my mind went to at 16, 17, 18 years old. And I will say it took me about 27 years before I woke up and went, listen, (laughs) either I'm going to be successful at this life and I'm going to find a way to really take care of me and find out what is going on in me and get rid of that bitter root and and know that I am loved or I'm going to continue to look for things that aren't good for me, other people to try to save me and never feel satisfied. And that just came 100% through my Christian walk like it was I was 35 and I had to like start digging through these deep stories and asking God to show me like where why did this happen? Where did this happen? Why why am I still feeling this way? Can I get better? Is there a better way? There always is, but you have to do the work. And so I would suspect that this work hasn't been done. I pray, pray, pray that this work gets done between this family. I hope that there is a place where um, peace and comfort come and forgiveness of just all of the, the things that are maybe misunderstood or have been done wrong that they can each come and just you know, be in a place of comfort and forgiveness and say, listen, it is what it is. Whether this was done intentionally or not, if I need to go my separate way, I can do that in love. I don't have to have a bitter root that like wants to seek out revenge or wants to hurt these people because now I'm feeling burnt and hurt. Um, I can come to a place of like, okay, I'm just gonna allow what has happened to pass And I'm going to clear my mind and look towards the future and understand that that was a part of something that maybe was done unfair, but now I know better and I can do better and I can move to a different place in my heart. And we can only do that with like a spiritual grounding. I don't know how people do it without really a belief in God. I know I hear this a lot where people are like, I'm just letting the energy <laughs> take over. And, and I'm like, energy comes and goes, you know, like there's a lot of uh, different kind of spiritual things out there. And, um, you know, I'm like, really, God's the one that's in control and he's the one that can help walk through these deep waters with you. And you have to walk through these deep waters. There's no other way. You can't just say, that eh, that happened, that's in past, I'm not even going to think about it anymore. It, obviously, he's been thinking about it for 10 years, 10 plus years. It doesn't work that way. You have to go to God, go into the deep waters with him, walk through the pain with him, 
ask him questions, cry it out, find that place of peace, pull out that bitter root, and let the new growth begin. Today is a new day. I'm going to think differently. I'm going to act differently. And I'm just going to keep moving forward. Doesn't mean that it's never going to come back again. Like there's going to be points, pain points where, you know, you may go back to that bitter root and be like, oh, that just hurts. But you will have a place to talk about it. You'll have tools to say, okay, I, I get that. That was the little 10 year old boy in me. That was the thing that really bothered me. But you know what? Right now, right here, I can be different. So that is what I wanted to talk about today is that if you have story and you've had people trying to come alongside you and help you, but you haven't done the deep hard work, I would encourage you to seek out a professional, really start walking through those deep waters with God, get to the pain point of that story, pull out the bitter root and find the new you. There's always hope for that. And so I hope you enjoyed this episode, peeps. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps.